Previously on Hound Radio's Arch Campbell podcast. I got a screener of Cyrano and watched it, and I wish I could tell you that I'm excited, and I just... I just don't feel anything. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> the Arch Campbell podcast featuring Arch, Lou Katz, and a cast of thousands begins now. Uh, hello, everybody. I'm Arch Campbell, and I'm back from spring break. <laughs> trying, <laughs> trying to keep up with the ever-changing world of entertainment. Lou Katz back from his own spring break right nice to be back control room you bet how was your spring break it was never long enough (laughs) (laughs) mine was more broken than springy (laughs) today uh we have a couple of our great friends first uh the pleasure to introduce susan wazena uh, known to many as the lead critic of USA Today for many years, now writing for RogerEbert.com and watching the award uh, season for Gold Derby. And with Susan, Tim Gordon of Around Town on WETA-TV. He's the head of the Lakefront Film Festival. He's one of the creators of the Black Reel Awards. He's a guy I've known a long, long time, and it's always fun to talk to Tim and Susan. And so let's dive in and let's start ladies first. Susan, what are you watching these days? Well, there are two versions of the life of Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz on Amazon. Yes. And one I, I like very much. The other, not so much. Yes. But Aaron Sorkin, his version is called Being the Ricardos. If you ever watched I Love Lucy, which I did all the time as a kid in reruns, you know, you know it's a very funny show and that Desi, Arnaz, and Lucille Ball are real, you know, marital couples. But Aaron Sorkin kind of his version of it was sad in a way because various this is a week in their life where Desi was caught by the paparazzi cheating and um, she has a problem with she long ago for her grandfather uh, signed up to be a com. She signed on to be a communist party member, but she never did anything. With she just wanted to make him happy. You know, if you follow uh, I Love Lucy, and incidentally, just to to mark my age, I watched it in first run. <laughs> <laughs> I did as a little boy. Uh, they squeeze everything that happened to them into that one week. And so right now, right off the bat, in being the Ricardos, there's a falseness to it. And they have these, like, uh, interviews, fake interviews. Somebody says, oh, that was a terrible week. All these things happened. Well, those things happened over seven years. They didn't happen over one week. And also, you've got people imitating Ricky and Lucy, and uh, you can see the real thing. And the, the documentary by Amy Poehler is just 
delightful. It's the opposite of being the Ricardos. I was madly in love with Desi. I've never felt that way about anyone before. No one wanted him to play my husband because he was Cuban and they wanted a real American couple. The only reason I Love Lucy exists is because they wanted to be together. A cubita bella. Uh, but she gets everything in there that's in that movie, too. Mm -hmm. But it's the real people. And compared to Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem, they don't even start with how great seeing the real one people yeah. on screen because they were something special to each other and to the TV industry and all these other things. But it's also mostly a love story because Aaron Sorkin is a bitter old man and <laughs> Amy Poehler probably was influenced by Lucy and loves her, you can tell. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And, you know, she got like their daughter, um, Lucy, Lucy Arnaz, and she helps you know, fill in blanks and things and other people, you know, talk about them and how they were so influential for everyone. But mostly, I mean, they never stopped loving each other. And at the mm -hmm. end, I won't spoil it, but she finally gets a Kennedy Center honor. And I was crying, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, and so, I, I cried for other reasons over the Sorkin ones. <laughs> So being the Ricardo was up for a couple of Oscars, I think specifically uh, Nicole Kidman. Well, you know, the first time she won an Oscar was for wearing a fake nose. And in this one, she has a fake nose and a fake chin. So you don't underestimate her. <laughs> so let me jump over to Tim Gordon. Tim, what are you watching these days? Well, every time you invite me on your show, Arch, and you ask me this question, I'm never watching anything that people can watch as soon as they get off the air, because I'm always screening stuff ahead. So I was uh -huh. screening stuff ahead last time. This time I'm watching two shows, binge watching Bridgerton, the second season of Bridgerton, which mm. won't be out for another week and a half, two weeks. Ooh. Your Majesty, may I present? Miss Kate Sharma and Edwina Sharma. Only hope they like me. All you have to do this evening is remember what it is you're looking for. Someone charming <laughs> and handsome, of course. And I'm also binge watching uh, Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty, which I'm oh, yeah. very familiar with this story. Dad, I want to work for you. All right, let's have an interview. Summer draft. Right, the Lakers get top pick. Right, so who do I pick? It's easy. The show-stopping, naturally gifted urban magic. Do not use that nickname in this house. So those two things had predominantly been on, but I have not had an opportunity to see Amy Poehler's doc because I watched uh, the first show that you talked about, Being the Ricardos, or the first yeah. movie. So I, I was like, and then I saw another documentary that was on that, that predated Amy Poehler's mm -hmm. doc on, yeah. on, on Lucy and Desi. So I've seen... I've seen so much stuff on these guys, but you guys talk about it being being delightful. I will check it out after I finish binge watching. It has the female gaze that I think doesn't happen oh, mm. enough. I, I love when Susan uses female gaze in a sentence. Thank you. <laughs> well, uh, the uh, uh, what is it? Lucy and and Desi. Or Desi and Lucy. What's the name of the uh, documentary? Lucy and Desi. Lucy, 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 of course, goes first. <laughs> Lucy and Desi. And it's on Amazon. 
And yeah, I think right. everybody, if, if people have one streaming service, it's Amazon and, uh, and it's very accessible. So well, uh, I think I watched the other uh, doc back yeah, when it was just hanging around. Yeah. It was more about their, you know, where they lived and everything. It was like right. uh, a lot home movies, I think. So I yeah. think that that original doc by uh, Lucy Arnez was done yeah. either for CBS or NBC and uh, and used the home movies. This one's got the tapes from Lucy. Yeah. Well, Ricky and I, <laughs> we had an <laughs> argument that day. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let me light my cigarette. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, Just, Tim, tell me about that basketball thing about the Lakers. It looks outrageous. It, it is outrageous, <laughs> and it basically covers uh, the, the the all the events that happened in Magic Johnson's rookie year, nineteen seventy nine and nineteen eighty. Uh, the team was being sold from Jack Kent Cook, who later would go. I guess, or I guess he did own the the, the Washington Redskins at the time he, when he yeah, owned the Lakers. Yeah. And he was selling the team to Dr. Jerry Buss and all of the all of the drama that went on behind the scenes where they were trying to decide whether Magic was the right fit in L.A., uh, the changing of the offense, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, all of those elements are in there and they all play out almost like we remember a lot of them from that period 40 years ago. Um, and, the, and the entire season just covers the first season, so... I wonder if their plan is to expand it and, you know, kind of continue the story throughout the 1980s. So it's interesting. I've, I've watched the first eight episodes and there's still two more episodes uh, that are left in a 10 seat on the 10 episode run. So I'd be anxious to find out where they're going with the story because it feels to me, Arch and Susan, like th this is going to be a multiple season show, uh, despite the fact that they called it a limited series. So. Yeah, but uh, it's, it is very entertaining. Who plays Magic? Uh, the actor's name I want to say is Isaiah. Isaiah, I can't remember his name. I know Solomon Hughes plays Kareem Abdul-Jabbar very well. Uh, uh, um, wow. But yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's a, a fun watch. And if you like basketball and you remember that period, I think there's something in it because there are a lot of cameos of different players that pop up like Julius Irving and Spencer Haywood and a lot of folks that we know. So it's a lot of fun to watch. You know, we touched on awards when we were talking about uh, being the Ricardos and uh, we're getting closer to awards season. Mm -hmm. And I know Tim has awards on his mind. Uh, this weekend is the Critics' Choice Awards. I know, I have to vote. Still, yeah, I have to vote just, too. Have they sent the ballot out yet? I think it just came yes. out. Yeah, it, it there's I haven't seen there's it an yet, email but. saying you can go to you gotta go to the home button and that's how you do it. Well, okay, let's yeah, start yeah, out this yeah. way first. Where I, <laughs> I ask this on every podcast just to see what people think. Where are we with the Oscars? Where are we this we, year? We we are in <laughs> Uh, not the best situation because <laughs> you know when steven spielberg pipes up and says he doesn't like something that you should listen to him 
because he has been nominated more than almost done. Okay, but, but wait a minute. I, I was waiting for somebody to say this because part of what yeah. my issue is with the Oscars and all three of us are very well versed in this, right? We just say what it is. The Oscars are too long, right? That's number one. Yeah. And number two, and, and, and I, my apologies, I do an award show, so I can say this with all the love in my heart. There are categories that people out there just simply don't care about, right? And they just don't. So at some point, you've got to figure out a way to make this show watchable, to make it more entertaining, and to make it shorter. And some of these categories, I, I, I don't know how else to say it, some of them need to be moved or some of them need to be done earlier, but you've got to change the way that the Oscars operates that's why the numbers are going down. And yeah, now let me just jump in and say the Oscar yeah. Academy voted to award eight categories off the air and then maybe right. to show an edited version of them on the air. Uh, and a lot of people are upset about that. Uh, I've, I'm in Tim's camp. I think, you know, show them on the air, show a montage. Yeah. Um, uh, get the show moving. Maybe, maybe give up with the comedy segments, and get the thing off by eleven o'clock. Too long, man. It's just. Way I too personally long. think ABC used to encourage the Oscars to go long because they could sell more uh, commercials. Yeah. And now we're in a different universe. If I want to watch something, I can get it on demand. I don't watch. I hardly watch anything in real time anymore. And, uh, uh, you know, people go to bed now. So, and I think Susan does not agree with us. She, she does not agree with us. She's I, scowling. I think you should honor the people who should be honored. It's not, yeah, well, okay. You have your opinion, I have mine. I, I don't, if I was up for an Oscar, I think I would like, to have a little more time <laughs> to say thank you. <laughs> so well, the years the I went out to cover the Oscars, the uh, the the one hook I had was when a local filmmaker won uh, best uh, short or uh, best documentary or uh, something like, or was even nominated. And you do lose that. So, uh, you know, I understand what you're saying. I just, I think the Oscars are just running around in a circle, chasing their tail. They're, they're, they don't quite reflect the culture anymore. No, I agree. I wholeheartedly you know what agree. It's bothering me right now about movies. The titles are like one word, like, you know, or horror show or whatever. Yeah. You know, right. It's not yeah. anything, you know, clever, like you got mail or something like uh -huh. that. Uh -huh. they, they only get one word now in the title, and that's supposed to tell you if you want to see. Wait a minute. You didn't like King Richard? I like King Richard. What? The the power of the dog? Yes. The Batman. The Batman. No, I haven't been to the theater. The Spider-Man. Since uh, Middleburg. That's the closest I've been. So, Tim, you run the Black Reel Awards, and you have uh, celebrated several films that needed celebrating. Right. Uh, including one I was very fond of, Passing, which I thought would get an Oscar nomination and didn't. 
You want to throw in a plug for the Black Reel Awards? Yes, I just want to address Susan and say that we brought the show in under 90 minutes. And <laughs> we had 12, we had a pre-show where we announced 12 winners off camera. So that's why this whole eight off camera thing is just like, okay, I, I get it. You just gotta gotta give us a show. But to Arch's point, Heart of They Fall and ended up with 20 nominations this year. It won six, but it, outside of Best Director, it didn't win any of the major acting prizes. A lot of those went to King Richard that took home Best Picture. Uh, Will Smith finally won his first Black Reel Award for Best, uh, excuse me, Outstanding Actor. And Anjanae Ellis, his co-star, won for Outstanding Supporting Actress. Uh, Tessa Thompson did win Best Actress for Passing. And Rebecca yeah, Hall won best screenplay for passing. So it was a good night uh, for a lot of our Netflixian. Well, do uh, you know who's a producer on um, passing is uh, Chaz Chaz Ebert. Chaz Ebert. Yeah. And we honored Chaz Ebert with the uh, Ruby D Humanitarian oh, good. Award. Good. Mm. Yep. So it was a good night. We honored Lawrence Fishburne with the Sidney Poitier um, Trailblazer mm. Award, and he mm. gave an amazing speech. Uh, at our show. So it was really entertaining. It was a good show this year. So is this Will Smith's year at the, uh, you know, we're <sighs> defaming the Oscars on the one hand. On the other hand, they're still important. And is this Will Smith's year? 12 months ago, or when we did the last Oscars, they sensed that they had a big moment and they moved Best Actor to the final oh, yeah. category of the night. Boy. And Chadwick Boseman did not win, but Anthony Hopkins did. And I'm feeling deja vu that Will Smith feels right now like the front runner, but I think Benedict Cumberbatch is going to sneak up from behind and pull another late night surprise. So you just gotta understand that as an as a African-American, that it, this is never settling to me watching the Oscars every year because I always know that there's going to be some trickery that happens that a lot of my favorites never get to win. So Denzel Washington has two Oscars. He should have four. He should have won for Fences. Mm -hmm. He should have won for Malcolm X. But the politics of the Oscars Malcolm don't work that way. Especially. You know what I'm saying. So I'm, I'm not trying to be the I'm not trying to be the angry brown person, but. Yes, I get a little in my feelings watching the Oscars every year and knowing that my eyes are being deceived every year when they announce somebody else other than I think the person who I would have voted for. But is it true that Denzel Washington, when he was up before, he lost to him twice, I think? You're talking about Will Smith? Yeah. Well, Smith, he lost out to Smith once. Uh, I oh. mean, Smith lost out to Denzel once when they went head-to-head -head for Ali. Right. Um, I don't think Denzel was nominated the year. Oh, uh, no, because he didn't get nominated for concussion. And Denzel didn't beat him uh, when he had the pursuit of happiness. That was far as Whitaker that beat him for mm. um, uh, The Last King of Scotland yeah. back in 07. So, yes, so Will Smith is, uh, never won an Oscar before this year. He never won a Black Reel Award. So Will Smith has always been a big A-list movie star who, much right. like Leo DiCaprio, had been chasing that Academy Award. So I really think this is his best opportunity. But Cumberbatch is, is lurking. He really is. 
Well, for, let me jump in, first of all, and say, Tim, I prefer to think of you as passionate rather than angry. <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah, true. My, that is my true. You don't get angry very much. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying that's passionate. for the people watching who don't you know like our relationship. Talk. <laughs> and the second thing is uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and the power of the dog. More and more people are telling me they hate that movie. <laughs> They'll watch it on uh, what's it on Netflix? Netflix. And uh, and they uh, I hear from them. They say, "What the hell was that? <laughs> Are you getting that kind of feedback?" I I read uh, what is my favorite? Sam Elliott uh, was caught with a hot mic, uh, uh -huh. really disparaging <laughs> this movie really really badly, and. To be perfectly honest, Susan, you were with us in Middleburg when we all saw this together, right? No, because I left before that. That was the okay. last movie, and I had to leave. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I saw this movie in Middleburg, and I remember sitting there, and to Arch's point, for the first two-thirds of it, I'm going, what the hell am I watching? And then at the end, when it sort of comes together, I was like, okay, I see, I see what the point of the movie is. But to your point, it's, it's such a... I don't want to use the word a slog. It's a movie that you it's... watch that, that that Phil Burbank, this character that Benedict Cumberbatch plays, is such a, a such a what's the word I want to use? He's such well, a, he's a villain. Just, he's just, yeah, really a villain. He's well, villainous. he's kind of a saint, self-hating villain. I would yeah. say, yeah, yeah. Oh my God! But but I think it's a great performance. I, I mean. For whatever you think about the film, that performance is really, really good. And, it's probably um, the kind of film you really need to see in a theater on a big screen. Because the panoramas people, are great, but not in absolutely. my room. Most people so. <laughs> are seeing it uh, on their television screen. I and think does, Gene Campion well is probably... Home. Yeah, the the director who is so well regarded is probably going to win the Oscar anyway. But uh, all the only movie I I get feedback about is uh, Coda. Yeah, Child of Deaf Adult, and, and uh, well, they did very well at. Um... SAG Awards. SAG Awards. Yeah. I'm going to jump in here for a second. I want to play for you the acceptance speech from actor Marley Matlin for CODA, and you're hearing this through her interpreter. This validates the fact that we, deaf actors, can work just like anybody else. We look forward to more opportunities for deaf actors, deaf culture. Thank you. The uh, yeah. actor who plays the father is starting to win a lot of awards. Right. I so wish the young actress uh, who stars been, in yeah. that, yeah. Amelia Jones, Mm -hmm. She uh, she deserves an award. I I wouldn't be surprised if Coda wins the uh, Best Picture award. I don't see that happening. You don't. That would be that would be miraculous if that happened. I don't. See I'm that just happening. seeing a surge for. Well, what 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 do you like for Best Picture at the? Oscars? I think it's I think it's a two dog race between Power the Dog and Belfast. I really do. I really Susan. like Belfast a lot. So uh, well, I like. I like both of the films just because Jane Campion doesn't portray things that are, she does portray things that are difficult to see sometimes on screen. Mm -hmm. And um, she's a different kind of female director. I mean, 
this isn't it's like her interpretation of a western but with other baggage <laughs> but if she's able if she's able to win this oscar this year this would really be historic because it would be the second year in a row back-to-back -back women have won best director right um and that would be historic that is just huge and i think to your point, uh, Susan, I think she's got the best chance. She's the front runner right now, and I think it's hers to lose right now. Right, yeah. So we'll see. So anyway, but... the Oscars, two weeks from Sunday, and then what? Now, at the movies, there appear to be two movies this year, Spider-Man No Way Home and uh, The Batman, which is the third remake of the original uh, Saturday Afternoon series. And you saw the Batman, right? I did. <laughs> and he loved it. I heard him say that. Fear is a tool. When that light hits the sky, it's not just a call. It's a warning. Well, well, I'm just, I'm just going to tell you the the story that we should be talking about, and nobody's addressing it, is yeah. that. There's one genre of film right now that literally is saving the motion picture industry, and it's the yes. superhero genre. Every yes. time we, every time receipts are down, either Marvel <laughs> or DC puts out one of these super blockbusters that brings people back to the movies. And I, I don't know, I don't know how we got here, but I think right now that I think after the Batman, give it about two or three weeks when it kind of winds down that nothing else is going to come and bring people back until Doctor Strange, the multiverse of madness comes out in early May, and then people will surge back to the theater again. This is a story that's going to be, that's going to bear repeating throughout the year of, are there any other genres that people are in a rush to pay money to sit in crowded theaters again, other than superhero films? Are there? I think the definition of a theatrical Strange? movie is changed. Yes, he is. Coming back yeah. to Dr. Strange. So he's all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> if he's here now during the Oscars award season, and he'll be, you'll see him everywhere in two months. You'll well, see, see I get mad at all these superheroes making tons of money because these are great actors. And all I have to do is wear a suit and have a superpower <laughs> and they're acting. That's not all they're doing, Susan. <laughs> it takes some skill to run, a, run alongside that green screen. That's skill. <laughs> Sometime, just for fun, go on uh, Amazon or Netflix uh, or Hulu. One of them has it. And download uh, the original Batman. To the stupidity of one of our members, we have temporarily lost our secret weapon. Well, I didn't figure on running into the Batman. The Batman, a bungling amateur. I have made plans to take care of him, but my first objective is to get back our radium gun. There's two versions. I think there's one from the 40s, from the early 40s, and one from the late 40s. The one from the early 40s. Oh, my gosh. The way they, you know, they're... They're going after a uh, Japanese spy. And let's just say <laughs> that <laughs> that storyline would not be developed today the way it is developed 
<laughs> and, and for people at home, it's on Turner Classic Movies. They have all of the the oh, bad yeah. serials are on there. So Is I know exactly where I saw it. I want to ask Turner Classics. I I really want to find somebody there and ask them what they do about the terribly inappropriate things that were made 60, 70 years ago. I think they uh, came up around, you know, they people were, you know, editing things out that wouldn't be good. But you have to see what was bad in order to know, to, to accept it. I mean, it's, you know, you can't censor, you know, cavemen or anything. So well, <laughs> they, I'm in, sure in they the original nice, Batman but... I saw, uh, the uh, Japanese villain was played by a white guy. <laughs> Try to, and I'll think of the actor's name. Well, but, uh, Charlie Chan, those guys. Of course. There you go. Just... Warner Oland. Yeah. So wait a minute. Um, nobody, I, the, I call it the breakfast at Tiffany's dilemma. You know, when I watched Oh, no, no, no. Now, yeah, that's like <laughs> the worst example ever. I'm glad you brought it up. Oh, yes. <laughs> wait, wait a minute, there what's the go. other one? Um, Paul Mooney and Catherine Hepburn played uh, two two Asian Americans. What was the name of that movie? Oh, oh, was that The Good Earth? <laughs> the good earth. No, that's the good earth. That's but, but what the woman did win an Oscar too, and then she quit the business because she couldn't oh. play. <laughs> there, there was a there was a lot of that uh, in the in the golden age of Hollywood. There was a lot of folks. Well, yeah. then how many times do you think like there's minstrel shows, you know, in blackface? <laughs> I'm sure there's Al musicals with that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, we, this is a great conversation to have. This, this, I just had this, I was on a show last night and I talked about the pain of being a Black person having to watch uh, movies in the golden era. It is well, very the same with women, too, same what with we women. got to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. yeah. See what you did, well, Arch? <laughs> People like you, Arch? Uh, let's see. What other can of worms can I open here? <laughs> well, can I can I tell you, Mrs. Maisel is back. Oh, I love that ah. show. Well, you won't love it so much this time because she's no longer a, just a stand-up comet. What she's doing now, because she got canned by um, what's his name, Shy Baldwin. Shy Baldwin. Yeah. Yeah. They they have an encounter. He, he's gotten married to a woman now. Sign anyway, of times. Right. Well, sign of that time. Yeah. Yeah. But she's being an MC at a burlesque show. So there's all these ladies kind of covered up, but not really <laughs> on the stage. I don't know. <laughs> so you're not enjoying you, it's you not sound like quite this. as marvelous. I'll just yeah, say it's not as I, good I never see. got into that. I got into hacks. I thought hacks. Oh, I really, love hacks too. I love you hacks can too. Love both. Yeah, They're you can the like same both material arts. a lot better. I are you watching the Gilded Age still? No, I I, I neither just, what it didn't like my fire. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I let me confess, it's very light very silly and i find myself every what is it monday night mm -hmm. monday night at nine i mean i'm even doing appointment viewing on it i like carrie coon who's this uh socialite 
in New York in the 1890s, and her husband is a railroad baron, and uh, and she can't break into society because they're new money. And uh, I, you know, I'm watching it. I'm. It's it's not great, but it's it's like fodder. It's, it's better than CNN and MSNBC now because I cry all the time when I see these people that are oh. getting, I mean, they're so brave, it's, but it, you know, when you see dead children, a, I mean, it's horrifying. This is so a scary need time. something like the Gilded Age to not have a heavy weight on your shoulders. This week, they watched a demonstration of electricity. Oh. And Thomas Edison illuminated the New York Times building, oh. and uh, and there is uh, there's a, a black element. I think a character based on Thora Nell Hurston. Zora, Zora Nell Hurston, yeah. Uh, the uh, the writer who had worked for um, Fanny Hurst, and uh, this woman is a newspaper writer covering things in the Gilded Age from the, and she's um, she's black aristocracy in uh, Manhattan. So it's you know it's kind of it's it's not great, but I'm watching it. The other thing I'm are you watching Severance? Have you seen that thing? No, you know there's two things called Severance, and I started watching the first one. It's a horror movie. And I'm like, this isn't what they were talking about my Facebook friends. So there's two movies with that name. Like I said, what is with the one name titles all the time? It's <laughs> <laughs> a severance. It's uh, based, it's an old uh, 1950s sci-fi where you go to work for this uh, company and they insert this chip in your brain and you go down in this basement and everything you do down there, once you leave work, you, you, you have no memory of it whatsoever. <laughs> it's Big Brother, cold, chilly. What? I don't know. Thank you. Well, it's nothing to sneeze at. Right, 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 right. This program comes to you courtesy of Hound Radio. And uh, let's turn it over to the president of the Cats Podcasting <laughs> System, Mr. Lou Katz, CEO of Hound Radio. Now, you guys know about March Madness, right? <laughs> oh, right. yes. But did you know that Hound Radio is having March Movie Madness? Oh. We are giving away copies of the movie American Underdog, which came out around Christmas time. That's the story about Kurt Warner, the NFL quarterback. Mm. Stars Dennis Quaid. We have Blu-ray DVD packs that folks can win through HoundRadio.com. And on top of that, we're having a movie screening for The Lost City. That new movie with uh, Sandra Bullock and Daniel Radcliffe, Channing Tatum. It's going to be on the 22nd at the AMC Georgetown 14. Free tickets again Ooh. at HoundRadio.com. And of course, you all are cordially invited. Not that you need... Ooh. An official invitation. <laughs> okay, so save me a seat in the balcony, Lou. And save one for Tim and Susan, too. And we're wrapping up now, so what should we recommend for the weekend? Susan? I started watching a show called um, Inventing Anna, and it's uh, with 
Julia Garner from Ozark. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's really good. I liked it. I didn't love it yet, but I mean, and then um, Anna Chumsley from um, Beat is this New York magazine writer. Mm -hmm. It's based on a true story, and she's like trying to pose as uh, oh yeah socialite and so all of a sudden everybody's giving her money and free this and free that and she gets to go and hang out with all the hoi polloi and you know <laughs> <laughs> and she has the weirdest accent you ever heard <laughs> yeah it's based on a true story i guess it i did i remember magazine. reading it around like 2018 they happened yeah. that they they caught her and she got to go to Rikers Island and all this. Oh, but, lovely. Yeah. But I'm, so she's I, in the I watched suite. the first two episodes. I think I'll continue. So. Tim, what are you recommending? I am recommending. I, I just wanted to double check to see if it was going to be on this weekend. And it is The Adam Project on Netflix. We have the same scar right, right here. here. And you're wearing my dad's watch. This watch. It's for me. That's classified, but yes. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, Mark Ruffalo, Jennifer Garner, time travel kind of drama uh, comedy that I thought wasn't great, but I think it's watchable as one of those things you can binge watch on Netflix. It's actually not a binge watchable because it's a movie, but it's a wonderful story about a man who comes from the future to encounter himself at a certain age. And then the two of them have to solve sort of a mystery to uh, prevent catastrophe in his future. Does he say, I'll be back? <laughs> but you know what? There is a line of I'll be back in here. <laughs> right. And I'm recommending Lucy and Desi on Amazon. I thought it was delightful. And I'm it glad you like liked it. It's like the best too, thing Susan. I've seen for ages, though, because it made me. I don't want to go happy. watch this thing. You got and speaking of I'll Be Back, we'll be back next week. And Tim Gordon of WETA and the Black Reel Awards and uh, Lakefront Film Festival, thank you. Susan Wazina of Gold Derby and RogerEbert.com, thank you. Lou Katz at uh, Podcast Central. <laughs> <laughs> and Hound Radio, thank you, and we will see you next week. This is the Cats Podcasting System, where it's not just a podcast, but a podcast.